0: Lesson from the Prophecy of Daniel In those days Azariah prayed to the Lord, saying, O Lord, O our God, for your name's sake, do not deliver us up forever, we beseech you, or make void your covenant. Do not take away your mercy from us for the sake of Abraham, your beloved Isaac, your servant, and Israel, your Holy One, to whom you promised to multiply their offspring like the stars of heaven or the sand on the shore of the sea. For we are reduced, O oh Lord, beyond any other nation, brought low everywhere in the world this day because of our sins. We have in our day no prince, prophet, or leader, no holocaust, sacrifice, oblation, or incense, no place to offer first fruits, to find favour with you. But with contrite and humble spirit let us be received, as though it were holocausts of rams and bullocks, or thousands of fat lambs. So let our sacrifice be in your presence today, that it may please you. For those who trust in you cannot be put to shame. And now we follow you with our whole heart. We fear you and we pray to you. Do not let us be put to shame, but deal with us in your kindness and great mercy. Deliver us by your wonders and bring glory to your name, O Lord. Let all those be routed who inflict evils on your servants. Let them be shamed and powerless and their strength broken. Let them know that you alone are the Lord God, glorious over the whole world, O Lord our God. Continuation of the Holy Gospel according to Luke. At that time one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to dine with him. So he went into the house of the Pharisee and reclined at table. And behold, a woman in the town who was a sinner, upon learning that he was at table in the Pharisee's house, Brought an alabaster jar of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, she began to bathe his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with ointment. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw it, he said to himself, This man, were he a prophet, would surely know what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, Master, speak. A certain money lender had two debtors. The one owed five hundred denarii, the other fifty. As they had no means of paying, he forgave them both. Which of them, therefore, will love him more? Simon answered and said, He, I suppose, to whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. And turning to the woman, he said to Simon, "Do You see this woman? I came into your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has bathed my feet with tears and has wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she, from the moment she entered, has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say to you, Her sins many as they are, shall be forgiven her, because she has loved much. But he to whom little is forgiven, loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And, when, and they who were at table with him began to say within themselves, Who is this man who even forgives sins? But he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The Saving Words of the Gospel. Uh, well, we are at Thursday in, Hol- in, in Passion Tide, and we are continuing our spiritual pilgrimage to the Roman Stations. Today we gather at Santa Maria in Via Lata, across the street from where we were yesterday, at San Marcello del Corso. And uh, we go over to Santa Polidare, uh, which is right over near Piazza Ravoda and uh, the Great Church of St. Augustine and, and right next to the the residence where I lived for many years in Rome. And, uh, um, so it's, uh, yeah, the, the, it's, it's, it's unpolinari today. Now, there are a couple things uh, in here that I want to point out. The overall of this, uh, these readings today. Now remember that they're aimed especially at catechumens who are getting ready to come into the church very soon. And in here we have an indication that all of the outward signs, um, very important as they are, are not as important as the Interior reality. In Daniel, Azariah is praying to the Lord, uh, saying that we don't have any way to fulfill your commandments to us uh, according to the covenant to offer you the sacrifices as you described, um, uh, O God, in like Leviticus and so forth, like the daily, just for example, the day the daily Tamid. And I will I'll come back to that in a moment. Um, but with contrite heart we turn to you now. And we we don't we can't do it that way right now, but we can offer our hearts. Um, the same thing uh, with outward signs. In Luke, um, it's the custom it was the custom of the Jews to to treat the visitor with a with a great deal of uh, of respect and to offer them. Water for the ritual washing as they came in and so forth, but the the host of the Lord in this case didn't do any of those things that are were customary. Instead, everybody is just kind of ushered in with a with a lack of formality and and uh, could be that, that Simon he's called Simon the leper in in uh, um, Matthew and Mark. Uh, I think all four Gospels recount this. And he's called Simon the Leper in another place. And who knows, maybe that's the reason why. But in any event, uh, he didn't do all these things. And then here comes this woman who is a terrible sinner, and she does all sorts of things. And she's, with her tears and with the ointment, she's really pouring her heart out. And uh, so I think that's the connection between the two. And one of the things that we can walk away uh, uh, with from these two readings is that no matter how bad you have no no matter how bad your sins are no matter how badly you have transgressed no sin is so great that god will not forgive it provided we go to him with a truly contrite and open heart and a desire for amendment and we confess our sins no sin is so great that it won't be forgiven and so, go to confession and never hold anything back. Say everything, everything that there is. And be confident that, you'll be, that you will be forgiven. You'll have the memory of the sin, but the sin will be taken away, washed clean in the blood of the Lamb. Now, that brings me back to the issue of the blood of the Lamb in the, the reading from Daniel, it talks about the Tamid, um, the thousands of fat lambs. That's a reference to the Tamid. And all of these other things too, the rams and bullocks and so forth, those are for other kinds of sacrifices. A ritual sacrifice, a blood sacrifice, and other kinds of sacrifice are very important um, according to the Old Covenant. That's the way that the Covenant is renewed as the continual sacrifice, especially in the temple. But these people are, they're in exile, they're oppressed, they they have no way to do this. But I do want to point out something about the fat lambs, the the thousands of lambs. You see, in the Lord's time um, at the temple, um, the sacrifice, of course, had been renewed when the people returned from exile and so forth. And the new temple was built. And the sacrifice was begun again and among the different sacrifices that they had to perform were those which were seasonal and annual but there was a daily sacrifice too there was something called the tamid and the tamid literally means perpetual and it was offered twice a day at nine in the morning and at three in the afternoon and in each case, there was the ritual sacrifice of a lamb, a spotless lamb, a male spotless lamb, at nine and at three each time a lamb. And along with that, there were um, offerings of wine in the morning and uh, a bread offering uh, with the lamb in the evening. So you had the flesh of the lamb, and you had the libation of the wine, and you had the offering of the bread uh, in the evening. These three different elements, day in and day out, every single day, without exception. This is the, the perpetual offering. And it was offered on, now I think I've mentioned before that covenants are sealed in high places, and they involve the destruction of the victim, and they also involve the meal, the ritual meal. The meal dimension comes, um, is represented, of course, in the offering of the wine and the bread, but also uh, in the um, on the Sabbath, the consumption of the showbread. There were 12 loaves that were reserved in kind of an inner area where the altar of incense was, and, and this is all mentioned by, uh, by Azaria in here. The altar of incense was. They don't have any of these things right now. But um, they, uh, anyway, for the daily Tamid, they would go up the altar. And when I mean up the altar, I mean really up the altar. If covenants are are sealed in high places, they were renewed in a high place because the altar of the temple was like 20 feet across or something. It was huge. And it was enormously high so that you had to go up a ramp long ramp to get there and in order to have the fire up there before the Tamid was performed one of the priests (laughs) would carry on his shoulder a beam of wood up the ramp for the lighting of the fire and you remember how Isaac who is the the victim and Abraham go up to the mountain for make the covenant with the Lord, and then they sacrifice the ram there instead, but Isaac carries the wood on his shoulders. We have the Lord going up Golgotha with the wood on his shoulder, and when is he crucified? He's crucified at nine in the morning when the Tamid is being offered, and he dies at three in the afternoon when the Tamid is being offered. And of course, his death and his death is uh, when he consumes the last uh, bit of wine, thus closing the last supper because he didn't drink the fourth cup at the last supper at the Passover meal. And so, his consumption of uh, what was put on the sponge and so forth is the is the uh, the conclusion of the last supper. The whole thing is one, and this is going on. The tamid is going on when he's crucified, when there's when they go up the ramp and and offer the and offer the lamb, and then at three in the afternoon. So in his own person, the Lord is offering the perpetual sacrifice now. He is the new perpetual sacrifice, and uh, that's what's going on with this reference to the thousands of fat lambs and and. Uh, They don't have holocaust and sacrifice. Well, we don't have to do those things anymore, but because the Lord has done it for us, and we renew these things. And that's what Holy Mass is. It's a renewal of all these realities, from the continuation from the Last Supper all the way through to the death and the resurrection of the Lord. And because of the ascension of the Lord, now in the Holy Temple, renewing the sacrifice, we are able to do this here. So I just thought you might be interested in That tie together that 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 tie between the connection between the tamid that they offered every morning and every evening, day in and day out, and how the Lord fulfills it uh, even physically, and taking the wood on His shoulder, going up to the high place, and then being offered on the altar. And by the way, the altar—it is enormous bronze altar had four. Um, kind of horns or spikes in the corners and the altar of the cross also had its own uh, spikes uh, didn't it? it had its own four spikes it had one for the sign and one for each of his hands and one for his feet so even the even physically there's the the outward symbol you can make the connection between the altar of the Lord's cross and the altar of the temple Dóminos obiescum, orejos, superflumina Babilonia y Silex, y vivos, y plebemos, y recordaremos tú y Sion.